Welcome to At the Table with Darlene. This morning we're going to talk about truth. You can turn with your Bibles with me today to Romans 1.25. Your devices, whatever they may be, turn to this scripture because it's really, really important. And I checked it out in about 15 different translations and it all ends up the same. I know it's hard to see. I always want pastor to move over a little bit so I can see up here where the scripture's at. But it is in Romans 1.25. They traded God's truth for a lie. And they worshiped and served the creation instead of the creator who is blessed to be praised forever. I want to read it one more time. They traded God's truth for a lie. And they worshiped and they served the creation. What the giver, what the created had made for them. They worshiped and served the creation instead of the creator. And it's he who is to be praised forever. Father, I pray that the word be illuminated to us today, and may we have the courage to obey it. In Jesus' name, amen. I believe that the word of the Lord today is very relevant, and always the word of the Lord is relevant to our culture for today. But when we preach something like I'm going to preach today, it is so relevant to our culture, because you can look around, and you can see where the truth is whatever you think you're going to believe. Whatever you're speaking out of your mouth, that's your truth. And how many truths are out there today? Think about it. You can turn from channel to channel to channel, and God bless you for doing what God said. Because I'm telling you right, when you're going through something, you better quit listening to all these voices out there because they will confuse you and they will take you under if you don't do. There is a sacrifice to be made to get to the things that God wants for your life. We trade them so many times when God is wanting to do something. We're putting input in that is not causing the spirit man to rise up within us. But we'll, you can turn your channels. You can listen to somebody. You can listen to different people talk anywhere you go. And you're going to hear things that they believe is truth. There is truth. That is a lie. So I want you to listen with both ears today. Listen with your natural, but listen with the ear of the Spirit. Because when we read this scripture, they exchanged the truth about God for a lie. In other words, they believed fake news. Whatever they were told. Have you ever got wrapped up in what God has given you instead of the God who gave you something, who's blessed you? Have you ever, all we all have, come on now. We've all gotten to the place where we're so grateful for what God has done and we get so wrapped up in that blessing that that we talk about the blessing, but what about the blesser? We've got to not forget the blesser that everything in our life is to be surrounded by, he is in the center of everything. And when he blesses you, your praise should continually be out of your mouth. But so many times we get so wrapped up in what God has given us instead of him. That's what happened here in the scripture when it said they exchanged the truth of God for a lie. And sometimes we lie to ourselves about who we are in our relationship with God and where we are. We get in turbulent waters of life and we get in way overhead and the current of life, the undertow of life is pulling us into dangerous waters. Just a few weeks ago, we were so privileged to get to go to spend time with uh, two of our daughters uh, at the beach and, and having a good time. We went out into the waters and I'm telling you, we had such a good time. There was some waves out there and we all, we just, had a blast with our kids and enjoy those waves. But one day we went out and the waves were even more vicious than the other uh, the other days. And, and on this particular day, you know, there was an undertow and it was very obvious that there was an undertow. And uh, Pastor and I kept drifting down. We kept going down and then we just worked really hard to get back. And you could tell it was there, but we was having a really good time. And all of a sudden, Max, we got up back up. And Max, all of a sudden, he said, you need to get up here. 
He said, seriously, you need to get up here. He was so serious. Papa and Bella, you need to get up here. And the tone of his voice said something. We listened because that's not like Max at all. But he said it with power and authority. The undertow that is so bad, you need to stop and get up here out of it. And today the Spirit of the Lord is saying the same thing. There's some undertows that are going on in the current of life. And if we're not careful, they are going to suck us under. And it, we won't even know that it's happening until we're already gurgling. Sometimes a lie can feel more real than the truth does. This may seem really confusing to some of you, but just hang in here with me, okay? Especially if one lives with a lie long enough. I want to tell something on me. I remember a little girl, I was probably 19 years old. I, and, and we've all told lies in our life. Now, come on. We've all told lies. We've all told untruths. That's the truth. That's, that's the gospel right there. We've all told things that weren't either totally true or we've told things partially true, thinking we can get by with that. Some of you, yeah, mm-hmm. Anyway, I remember I was probably nine, eight, nine years old or 10, and I was old enough to want to shave my legs. But my mama said I was way too young. And back then, you know, they didn't always shave their legs young at all. In fact, so, or later, you know, my mom was on her 50th birthday got her leg shaved. I'll never forget that by my sister's. Funny, you know that. Can't believe I'm saying that, but Paul, I love you if you're out there hearing that. But anyway, it's just one of those things I remember. But I remember we had these little metal stools that had, when it was turned over, it had a really sharp edge on it. It really did. It was not safe. Today, you would never find these particular little stools. They were not safe. But I decided to shave my leg. Well, the only thing I could find was a razor blade. Now, I know you guys have never lied. Now, come on, my lies stuck with me, and I still remember today. There's two lies that I remember very well in my life that I told, and I am so glad that the Holy Spirit won't let me forget. But it's the first time I was aware of telling a lie. And now I did take a cookie out of a cookie jar one time and and I had been told not to. So that's the same as lying because, you know, we're not honest with God, you know. Anyway, uh, I was shaven and I cut my leg very deep, like a big gash, deep. So scared. But I told my mother that I had fell on that stool, that that's what I did. She didn't question me at the time. There was never, I never admitted to it all my life. And for years, I had the biggest old ugly scar on my leg. And every time I I would be, I just thank you, Lord, that, that, you know, thank you, Lord, for forgiving me for lying, you know, about this thing. But I'm just saying, sometimes in our life, we, and many times, I could have believed that story that it actually was the little stool that cut my leg. I'm telling you, you can believe something long enough and tell a story long enough. Now, come on here. Who am I preaching to today? Because God wants us to get it right and get our act together. Because we want to tell the story that we want somebody else to hear. We have a truth that we think. And see, the word of the Lord tells us it that there will come a day where they will believe a lie as the truth. And the truth as a lie because they can't tell the difference. The church of Jesus Christ, we should not be those people. We should know what the word of God says about us. And we don't proclaim what we think or feel. But it's interesting here. The enemy doesn't always sabotage our life with a lie. He tells a truth and he twists it just enough to bring us into fear, to get us into depression, to get us into confusion and so on and so forth. But we know by the word of God that only the truth can really set us free and be free from a lie. I'm glad that I repented I'm glad that I didn't keep up saying that it was one thing when it was not, when it was something else. 
Jesus knew the truth because he was the truth. He knew the word of God because he was the word of God. The enemy comes to Jesus in Matthew chapter 4. And this is a scripture we've heard preached on so many times. And he comes to him while Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. And the enemy made a big mistake by debating the Word of God with the Word of God. Have you ever debated the Word of God with the Word of God? That's a big mistake. Yeah, but God... Because the word of God is forever settled. We can't, we can't win a debate. It doesn't matter how much that's your truth. If it's not the word of God, it's not the truth. Because John 1.1 1, 1 says, In the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. The devil wasn't arguing with someone who knew about God, but he was arguing with the very one that embodied the word of God. And so this gives us a pure picture here of what we read a while ago in Romans 1.25. Only it's in reverse here. Matthew 4 and 1, Jesus was led by the Spirit. Led by the Spirit. That's a strange construct here, led by the Spirit of God to be tempted by the devil. Now, have you, have you, have you ever kind of, you know, stumbled over that one a little bit? Well, let's go on. If you've been told that you will not be led into difficult situation, that's a lie. There's a reason that he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. It really is for you and I. But he was led by the Spirit. If you've told, been told that the will of God is a path of re- least resistance, you've been lied to. It's not truth. If you've ever been told that the proof of favor upon your life is on your life and you'll never have difficulties... That's not true. Before Jesus went into his full ministry, as we know, 30 years old, when he went, led by the Spirit, he was getting ready for the most powerful time of his ministry. And I will say to you, when you're getting ready to go into the next that God's got for you, I had somebody say last Sunday, they sat in the services and God really dealt with their heart and they made some real commitments, some different commitments than they'd ever made. And on Monday, all hell broke loose. You know what? That's when we need to praise the loudest. And I know it's hard, but thank you, God. This isn't any fun, but thank you, God, that I know that you're working all things out for my good according to your purpose. I know that you are. This passage of scripture here is as much about trust as it is about temptation. He was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. It's not the truth that you can quote. It's not the truth that you know mentally in your head, but it's the truth that you do in your everyday life that guides you where you need to go. That has the ultimate outcome. It's not the truth of what we mentally know. Oh, I know what the Word of God says. Are we doing the Word of God? Are we standing on the Word of God? Are we paying the sacrifice? Are we jumping in and saying, devil, I am not going to be moved off of this. I don't care what I hear. I don't care what my body feels like. I know what your Word says, and I shall live. I shall not die. I will declare the wonderful works of the Lord. God, I thank you that I'm blessed in the city. I thank you that I'm blessed in the field. I thank you that I'm blessed coming, and I'm blessed going. I thank you, Lord that your favor is upon my life. So this wilderness experience that I am in, I will speak the word of God that is within me. I don't know that any of you ever have, but I can remember several years ago. I don't do this anymore, but I have been guilty in the past. I used to watch exercise videos. Do you ever do that? And watch them do it and see how it's working for others, but I just never did do it for myself very shortly. Never put in the work to make it work. That's what happens with truth. We say it's not working. Oh, yes, it is. It will not fail. His word will work. Matthew 4, 2, and 3. 
After fasting 40 days and nights, he fasted and became very hungry. During that time, the devil came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. The devil comes at our greatest vulnerability. I mean, he knows his job well. That's why we better know the truth. We better know what we believe or we'll start believing lies. And we'll live lies as long as we live. Because it comes in morsels and it looks like truth. Aren't you glad that Jesus knew who he was? Aren't you glad that he'd been baptized by John the Baptist? Aren't you glad that the Father God said to him, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased? I'm so glad that he knew that he was on a mission. When we know who we are in Christ and the church of Jesus Christ, we have to know who we are. We have to know that we are in Christ and Christ is in us. Then we have nothing that we are trying to prove. It's already been proven. We don't have to prove it. We just have to let it work mightily in us. Jesus answered. When I said you don't have to prove stuff, don't post your junk on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and ever. You know what? Don't use that platform. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Jesus answered in Matthew 4, 4, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And Pastor and I have gone through some extremely hard times over the last few years. We've done it throughout our life. I'm telling you, life is a journey. And, and the, because of fallen man, uh, mankind, life is a journey that isn't always pleasant. But I will tell you this, we have lived off of the very word that we have ministered to you. The proof that something is true in your life is not just when you say amen to it, but you can live on it. We are to live on the word of God. It is our roadmap. It is our truth. The word of God for us. The old saying, there's so many things that we say in life. They are not truth. And we've got to find out what was true. I believe that when God spoke at the end of the service of a couple weeks ago, when he said, we have to know what we believe. He was saying, solid rock, you have to know the truth so that you can be free. Those things that you've been believing God for, he says, I'm going to bring to pass, but don't let the enemy abort what God's wanting to do in your lives. You know that old saying, curiosity kills the cat. Do you know that's not right? Did you know that's not a truth? Have you ever seen any felines die because they were curious? It's cute, but it's not true. It's fake news. Sounded cute. The original saying was, care killed the cat. Do you know what the care killed the cat? It meant somebody overfed that cat. They stuffed him. They cared too much. And then they changed it to worry killed the cat. And then one day it became either one is a, you know, worry killed the cat, really? You think that cat worried? I doubt it. And then one day it became curiosity killed the cat. And I'm only using this because we believe certain things and we will even say in it, Kevin, you silly cat, your curiosity is going to kill you. Don't you know that curiosity killed the cat? You know, we say things out of our mouth as if it's gospel truth. Have you ever done that? We've all been guilty of that. Just because things are the way they've always been in our life doesn't make it true. I love what you said a while ago. You preached a good message there. Because just because our background was a certain way, and just because it aligns with our life, genetically or whatever, or what we've experienced up to the point of today in this service, doesn't make it true. It doesn't mean that that's the path that God has for us. It just means that, oh, well, if mom and dad were that way, I swear I'm going to be too. Uh-uh. No, no, no. We make choices in our life. We can hear or we can feel a certain way in our physical body for a long time. Or we can hear things and we end up with this really bad belief system. 
It's for everybody else, but not for me. I don't think I'm ever going to get to the end of this. Oh, yes, you will. You might have to bury yourself in nothing but the word of God continuously coming in and going out. Because it can drive our life. A lie spoken as the truth. Ever hear the phrase, live your own truth? That's the important thing. Just live your truth. Oh, come on now. That one, uh, that one will snare us. That one will get us into bondage. Some of you can say, oh, well, I was born out of wedlock. My parents, didn't, they didn't love me. They didn't want me. I was raised poor, so I'll always be poor. I've been sick all my life. My family's been sick all of my life, uh, all of our life. We're going to be sick continuously. What if your truth isn't the truth? What if great-grandparents and then grandparents and then your parents, what if someone believed the word of God and they said, uh-uh, not in my family. No more, no more, no more. Because the word of God says that we won't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Because God's will is not for you and I to stay stuck in a story. After Jesus speaks, the devil speaks the truth. Jesus is in a weakened state, a physical state. He's getting prepared for three years of the greatest ministry that will change the world. It's going to overturn the Roman Empire. Jesus knows who he is. He knows the truth because he is the truth. But the enemy knows that the only way he can fight truth is with truth. See, does the word of God ever use, has the enemy ever used the word of God against you? If he has not, he will try. It's a true fact that your body is struggling. But the real truth is by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. I am whole. Verse number five and six. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down for it is written. He will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your feet, foot against the stone. See, here's, Interesting thing. The enemy doesn't attack Jesus with a lie. He's quoting Psalm 91, 11, verses 11 and 12. He attacks him with a verse. Uh, isn't that something? Psalm 91. Therefore, he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will oppose you with their hands so they won't even hurt your foot on the stone. Isn't that something? The devil will quote. If he'll do it to the Lord Jesus Christ, he's going to quote the scriptures to you. That's why the Spirit of the Lord says prophetically the other uh, two couple weeks ago and saying today, we got to know the truth. How do I know the truth? You get in the word of God. You fellowship with God. You don't serve what God has done. You serve the one that has done it. The enemy of our soul wants to attack and get us between two truths. The truth of our situation. There are truths in our situation. That's for sure. We're not denying that. We're not saying lie about that. But we're telling you if that is the one that is winning, then that is a lie because that is not what the word of God says. The truth is of revelation. We need revelation in our life. The other, sometimes, you know, it's like when we go through a fire, the truth of it is we're going through a fire. The truth is that, you know, I think about little Evan here and, and, and today our hearts, I don't even have words. I don't even know what to say other than there's just some things I do not understand in life, but I still know the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. I know that that child is with him today. I know that our Redeemer lives, and I know that God can take a situation and turn it around somewhere in that family for good. I believe that God is going to do something so powerful in their lives because they have been stolen from. I said it and it's not just a cliche because it was a revelation with me. Immediately, I didn't deny cancer, but I knew that cancer didn't have me. It wasn't something that I just, a Q 
cute little cliche. It was something that I knew. You know why? Because years ago when I was having heart problems and when I couldn't get out of bed, I got the word of God. I read the same scriptures every day, every day, every day. I listened to the word of God. It was work. Yes, it was work. But not only did I read them, not only did I say them, I believed God gave me a revelation because it was like Paul says, oh, I, oh that I might know you in the power of your resurrection and the power of your not might. I want to know you so that when the enemy comes against me, I won't take part of what the word of God says and let him use the truth of the word against me or situations against me. Jesus came back with it is written because he knew the temptation to turn something into something it is not. We have taken so many situations and we have allowed the enemy to turn them into things that it is not because that wasn't the plan of the Lord. That wasn't God's plan. We can turn relationships into something that they are not. We need their approval more than we need God. Have you ever been in those? Have you ever let somebody be your God? You would almost pray with them, pray to them. You put them in that place instead of where God's supposed to be. When God is in the place where he's supposed to be, he will work out the situations of our life because he will be in between what looks like a truth, that things are going downhill, and the truth of that God will do what we can't do if we will allow him to. When, they when relationships dis disappoint us around us, we try to turn stones into bread. Interesting. We'll try to turn money into security. Interesting. But our trust is never to be in resources. The word of God said that it is God that gives us the ability to work and to get increase. It's not our abilities. We're supposed to look to him. Our trust is not in the stuff he's provided, but it's in him. Do you know that when you live by people's affirmation, you will die by their criticism? And somewhere along the life, we have to grow up enough that we don't have to have the praises of other people. We don't have to have it. If you have to have praises, then check, check your own thermometer of where you're at. Don't trade God's assessment of you into someone else's opinion. Don't do it because God thinks you're awesome. He created you. You're worth something. Matthew 4, 7, Jesus said, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. I like that. It's also written. Devil, did you forget about that one? It's also written. What you just said is true, but I know something that is truer. You and I have to know the truth. It's true that I've made some mistakes in my life. It's true. You can read my book. There's a lot of things, and that's only part of it, of my life. It's true. I've made a lot of mistakes in my life, but it's also true that like Paul says, I'm pressed. It's true. But Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, 8, but I'm not crushed. See, because I've learned how to stand between two truths. One is what I'm thinking. One is what I'm feeling, what the doctor says, and what I'm experiencing, and what the Word of God says about my situation. It's true I'm persecuted, but it's most, it's true that I'm not abandoned because he never let me alone by myself, not one time. It's also true that I'm struck down for a momentarily. It's true that that thing which has come against me has slowed me down, struck me down, but I'm not destroyed. Thank God I am not destroyed because that is the truth. And when I am weak in him, I am strong. I may seem poor, but hide out and watch because he is rich and my God supplies 
supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory. There is a word on my former situations. I did it. I had it, but I am not it. And neither are you. We are not. We have a new truth. God has a truth that should be flowing in our very being of who he is. There's a difference between what I did, what happened to me, and the testimony of how I walked out in all of these situations. Amen? When Jesus was confronted by the Jews, he had a conversation with them about truth. He was always rocking the boat, wasn't he? It says many of them, remember, they believed in him because of what he did. But they couldn't understand who he was. They liked the miracles. They liked it when God showed up and blessed them. They liked to give the testimonies of it. But they also got mealy mouth when the enemy came in and attacked them. They couldn't say what the word of God said about their situation. They got all confused. They put their faith in his work, but they were attached to an old story. God said, I want to change your story. I want you to understand that I brought you from there to get you to here. Because if you'll just look and see the evidence of my goodness along the way, you will see that my truth truth has prevailed in your life. We're in so many ways, we're just like them. We see ourselves in a certain way in fear of having truth. We reject ourselves. And you said it so good before, you know, because when we face our loneliness, we have to face the fear of rejection for the sake of connecting with someone. And so it's easier to stay stuck to an old story. To be loved by someone else when we've been rejected, we have to be vulnerable. And that's hard. It's hard. That's a hard one. But God says, I want you to embrace a new truth. Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, John 8, 32, then you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. The first, second part of the verse will not work without the, without the first part of the verse. You will know the truth. It's not a prepositional statement. doesn't mean you will be able to quote the truth. It means you're going to know the truth. There's a difference. We have to know what we believe. What do you trust in is what is truth in you? What is it that we really trust in? That's why Jesus wouldn't turn the stone into bread. Because had he done that, that would have been a substitute. Could it be that we know the truth better than we do? Sometimes we'll say, isn't it interesting how we like to judge other people? If I was them, I would. This is what I would do. If I pastored that church, this is what I would do. We wouldn't do it that way. I'm telling you, we would not do it that way. If that was my child... They wouldn't get by with that. If that was my wife, if that was my husband, isn't it interesting how we all want to judge others because we think we know the truth for them? We haven't been where some of these mamas have been trying to raise a child by themselves. So easy to judge, so easy to be critical. Want to go back to what I said a while ago. Sometimes we live in a story so long, we become a slave to it. And then we think it's our truth because we've been stuck in that situation so long. Then it becomes the truth to us. And we think so many times we, we get in marriage situations. We get with an abuser. We get with those that beat your kids. And we make excuses because we think we can fix people. But we can't fix people. The response that, G- that the Jews had to Jesus when he told them, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free, free, their identity was so embedded to the past story of their life. They had spent 430 years in Egypt. Think about this. Now, generations to generations to generations kept coming along. And they look at him. They had been taken into captivity by the Babylonians, Assyrians, multiple times before Jesus came on the scene here. And he said, you shall know the truth and truth shall set you free. Well, they already knew everything. They thought they, had, they thought they knew truth. They were offended by what he said. John 8, 33. Well, we are Abraham's descendants. We've never been slaves to anyone. How easily we forget. 
how easily we forget how we were in bondage, how we needed salvation. And when we ask him into our heart, he literally came into our life and he changed us. We are not who we were before. We've been delivered. Salvation. But not only that, all of the promises that he gave to us, what he took on the cross of Calvary, what we took communion for today was in honor and reverence and celebration of the truth of what Jesus did for us. Second part says, how can you say that we can be set free? We've never been in bondage. They believed a lie. That was their truth. They were speaking out of their mouth. They no longer knew the difference because they had heard the stories for so many years that they didn't see life any other way. They didn't know what real freedom looked like. Our lives becomes truer than the real truth. It happened in my life. And I'm not going to go into the dream, but I thought about this. The dream that I had sitting in a forest with a big old snake going around me and telling me if I'd be just be still, everything would be okay. While he kissed me, while he brought fear upon my life, we believe that if we will just shut up, the enemy will go away. I promise you he won't because he's going to go in for the kill. He's going to go in for the kill. Certain lies that we tell ourselves. I kind of liked. I didn't have much of it. I didn't have pity from other people because I wouldn't tell anybody what was going on, but I have a lot of self-pity on myself. It was snugly for my soul. No one's checking on me. No one cares for me. You know why? I don't want to check on anyone. You sit back there and you say, they don't care. They didn't call me. They didn't send a text. They didn't write. They don't care. Who are you checking on? The enemy of our soul is always going to accuse. It is not a truth. Rather than face the truth that I'm not checking on anybody, I'd rather tell the story that nobody's checking on me. When you become a slave to your story, when any of us do, we will die a death between two truths. One is the old story that we always tell ourselves. I'm so glad you're not telling that old story anymore. I'm so glad that God's freedom is working in your life, Larry. What a miracle God is doing. You are such a miracle. We all are. One is the old story. What if David had stayed back in his old story? He was just a, he was the last one that they'd even think about. You know, he was ruddy. He was, he, he was a sheep farmer. You know, he was taking care of the sheep. But if he had hung on to that, he never would have thrown the stone that hit Goliath. He would never have had that story. His brother only saw him as coming to make trouble. Others' opinions cannot stop you. You cannot stop people from thinking about you the way they do. That's their truth. Let them believe the way they do. That's their truth. But the truth of it is, if you'll keep your eyes on Jesus, he'll change what needs to be changed in you, and you don't get offended. You go on. When we can get to the place where we're not offended by someone else, if he had been offended... And they and, and he had received the accusations. You not even you didn't get anybody to take care of the sheep. Who's taking care of them? You just come out here to be a nuisance and cause trouble. There comes a time when we have to all challenge our old story so the truth can set us free. Any truthers in here today? Anybody want the truth of God to set you free in any area that you need to be set free today? Would you come to the keyboard for me, Dylan, please? If the story that you've been telling is wrong, wouldn't you want to know? The Israelites stayed in the wilderness for 40 years, all because of the story they told themselves. They're bigger than us. They're stronger than us. They find out 
much later that none of that was true. But when it's true to ourselves, we get stuck. I'm too old. God can't use me anymore. I'm too young. Nobody listened to me. I'm slow of speech. I can't minister. I can't think fast enough. All of our excuses, we get stuck between a natural truth and the truth of the word of God. They saw themselves as grasshoppers in their sight. Their enemy stayed terrified all the time that they will grab hold of the truth. Do you know that the enemy is terrified that you will grab hold of the truth of the word of God and that you will not let go until your marriage is exactly in line with the covenant that you made with God and with your bride and with your groom? And God, if you will hang on to that and not let go, you will have the best marriage. Other people is going to be jealous of you because you went through the fire and you didn't get burned. Yeah, you were struck down, but you were not destroyed. What Moses couldn't do in 40 years, Jesus did in 40 days. He wasn't just fasting. He was directing a new story, the gospel. Aren't you glad for the new story? Aren't you glad for the gospel of Jesus Christ? cross a new ending I'm so thankful for Jesus Christ for his life that he lived I'm thankful that he didn't shun away from the truth of the pain and misery that he was going through but he stuck to the truth of the father he in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. I'm so glad that when he went to the tomb, he didn't stay there. I'm so glad for resurrection because there was resurrection life. I believe in it so much that when there's a death inside of a situation, I know that God can resurrect it back to life. When it seems it's on life support, if we will put it on the life support of God, I'm telling you what, new life could be breathed into every situation. You don't have to stay stuck with the story you were handed if it doesn't match with the reality of what God has spoken. I want to say that one more time. You don't have to stay stuck with the story you were handed if it doesn't match the reality of what God has spoken. If God has spoken things over your life, if there's been prophetic words over your life, then you need to tell the devil hell no. Go back from which you came because I have the promise of heaven on my side. I know what the word of God has said for, about me. I know the promises of God. If you've never had a prophetic word from somebody walking up to you, you've got a prophetic word that you can read every day and know who God is and know who he is in you and what he wants to do through you. But if you stay stuck, Oh my God, so many people are stuck. All they can do is think about what is not. What if you start thinking about what it is? Because truth will prevail if we will prevail in truth. That which seems like it's dying, resurrect it with the Word of God over your marriage. Resurrect the Word of God over your child. Resurrect the Word of God over your body. Resurrect the Word of God over your parents. Resurrect the Word of God. Let the God's Word breathe into not another day this Sunday it's not the 18th but it's a good Sunday ask yourself what am I speaking out of my mouth we say things that locate us to where we are and we've embraced the wrong story and we love to go tell other people about it. Stop it. People don't want to, people don't need to hear your negative story. They don't. Get it undone between you and God so you can speak life out. 
stop the other stuff if we've embraced the wrong story we turn it into truth oh that's the way it always is I'm the one that everybody blames that's just the way it's been all my life change that story come on quit feeling sorry for yourself self pity parties nobody comes I promise you you end up having them all by yourself but you need a new editor Somebody's been editing your story and they're not very good at it. They're putting the wrong things in it. Sounds like the enemy's been doing the editing of your story. It's time that we let the Spirit of God do the editing because it is also written that you have to know the truth. There's tension in our life between two truths. Put up 2 Corinthians again for us. There's two truths here. We are pressed on every side by troubles. That's a truth, right? But we are not crushed. Truth. We are perplexed. But we're not driven to despair. We are abandoned but we're never alone. So our excuses cannot stand up when we want to know Him in the power of His might and His resurrection. If we want the prophetic words of the Lord to come past in our life for our children, our grandchildren, for our nation, for this church, you should never let one negative word come out of your mouth about this church. You proclaim the word of the Lord over this sanctuary, over this people don't talk about each other. I better not hear you talking about somebody else. I don't like it. It makes me sick. It's one thing I can't tolerate is discord because the word of God says he hates discord. There's tension between those two things. But do you know that between the two truths is where our faith grows? As Jesus was speaking truth, the truth was speaking the truth out of his mouth. He said, but it is also written. And when he said those things, the enemy had to back off. I'm telling you, when you begin to know the truth and you begin to believe the truth and you begin to work the truth in your life, the enemy will have to back out. Doesn't mean he won't come back with something else or even try the same thing. But we say, oh, no, I'm not answering the door to this one again. I know you. The greater one is working inside of me. So we know that hard times come. We know that. And we know that our faith is being tried. But it's not being tried by God. He allows it. Yes, He does. Because you know what? If everything was always on top of the mountain, you and I would be such babies. We'd say, give me, give me, give me. And we'd never know what faith meant in our life. God wants you to be free from your old story. The law was true that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But aren't you glad that Jesus gave us grace and truth? Because see, nothing that I can do can earn his choice. But it is written, I am the righteousness of God in Christ through faith in him. Wow, what a truth that is. Oh, yeah, all has sinned and come short of the glory of God. Yes, that is the truth. Thank you, Jesus, that I am the righteousness of God in Christ through faith in Him. Stand to your feet. God brought you here today to get a new truth, to question your truth. You can lie to yourself, and you can go home the same way if you want to. You can go home feeling sorry for yourself. You can go home. And I tell you, it's not fun and it's not easy when you're in the middle of a battle. But see, we're here to pray with you and believe God to get you through because you are gonna get through if you keep your eyes on the truth of the Word of God. We're here, we're not here to condemn you. We're here to help you because we've all been in that place 
We've all been that in between. I'm racked with pain and I'm hurting, I'm miserable. If one more person quotes me a scripture that I already know, I've been there. I know exactly what that feels like. I know that. But then again, God, your word, oh, it's forever settled in heaven. It's forever settled in heaven, the truth of the word of God. It's a high price to pay. Paul, the great apostle. Oh, there's many say, I want to be just like that. Oh, do you really? You want to be shipwrecked? You want stripes upon your back? You would be thrown into the inner prison. Can you still praise God in the middle of your stuff? Can you still declare the word of God when it doesn't look like anything's changing? What is the truth of the word of God about your situation? I want to speak to Facebook just for a moment before we finish up here. If you're watching by Facebook today, I want to say to you that the truth of God will really set you free. The truth of Jesus Christ. If you're in between two, two truths, let your faith in God grow. Let the truth of His Word prevail in your hearts and in your lives. Father, I pray for every person that is watching by Facebook today. I pray, oh God, that you some way minister to them, touch them. God, I pray that they'll go away today sitting in their homes, in their car, wherever they are, but with a newness, oh God, of grasping your truth and letting it be embedded in them, not their past, not what is going on in their lives, but they're embedded with the truth of your word, whatever the situation is. And we thank you for it. We give you glory. We give you praise. Facebook, let us know that you were listening. We, we love to hear from you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. Thank you for joining us today at At the Table with Darlene. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at darlenesolidrock at gmail.com. Let us know any topics you would like to hear from At the Table. You can also check us out at darleneroads.org also at wawministries.org thanks again for joining us at at the table with darlene